Welcome to this episode of Innovating Employment, a podcast by and for workforce development professionals, brought to you by the Ontario Centre for Workforce Innovation. This podcast series asks leaders from across the workforce development sector to share their ideas and solutions for meeting Ontario's workforce needs. I'm your host and producer, Noah Snyderman. On today's episode, we're joined by Hannah Kitchingman, Program Director at Girls in Glimestone, to discuss the Smart Start Youth Employment Program and employment readiness programming for girls and young adults. We then checked in with OCWI Research Associate Dr. Christopher Rastrick. He provides his insights on how employment service providers within his research portfolio at OCWI are working towards better serving youth. Here's our conversation with Hannah Kitchingman. Hi, Hannah. Hi. Hey, it's great to have you with us. Thanks so much for joining the show. Well, thank you for inviting me. Um, Hannah, to start off, can you tell our listeners a bit about Girls Inc. and how you began working with Girls Inc. Limestone? So I actually started off as a placement student through St. Lawrence College here in Kingston. I was given a placement at Girls Inc. and I kind of didn't know a lot about it, I'm, I'm going to admit. I was kind of interested in learning more about working with just a specific gender, such as women and young, young girls. And so I kind of got hooked up with um, Girls Inc. as a placement and it sort of just blossomed from there. I instantly loved it. I loved working with the younger girls. I loved working with the older girls. And it was just so much fun. And I love their philosophy and their their passion for, you know, working with girls and young women. And it just, I couldn't get enough of it. So when my placement ended, it was kind of sad. But um, I started working for another agency. And then a little position came up at Girls Inc. And so I applied for it. And I was very lucky enough to get it. And I've been there ever since. So I've been there since, as a staff member, since 2011. You know, Girls Inc. It just inspires all girls to be strong, smart, and bold through different programs and services. So we have, like, mentoring programs. We have an after-school program. We have in-school programs. We do lots of summer camps. So that's what we're busy doing right now is our summer camps. And then we do our Smart Start program, which is our employment readiness program for young women. And Hannah, didn't you go from, I, I believe, working as a an intern or something with, with uh, Girls Inc. to now being the program director? Yeah. So I actually, so my that job that I started with back in 2011 was actually kind of more of like an assistant admin position. Um, so I, I assisted the executive director and I kind of did all the admin work and I started doing the bookkeeping. So that's how I kind of started like as a part-time kind of person. And then over the years, I've sort of just sort of graduated to different roles. I've got the opportunity to kind of work with all the different programs. And now I'm program director. So it's it's been really, it's been great for me. That's an incredible story. So Girls Inc. Limestone is unique in offering the Smart Start Youth Employment Program. I was wondering if you can tell me a bit about the origins of that program. So this program, we started developing in about 2005. And it was because we were, t- we t- were talking to our members And we were missing this gap in this youth area. Um, We were serving great with the little kids and the younger kids, but we were missing something in this youth gap. So when we were talking to our members, um, we were like, what could we do? And they kind of brought up, you know, life skills are important and education is important and career and working. So we started from there and then we applied for funding and it sort of started off very small. So it started off just in Kingston. And from there, it, we grew to having it in Belleville as well. So we've been running this since, uh, I believe, 2007 was our first round. So we've been running it for over 10 years now. So we're pretty excited about it. That's unbelievable. Can you tell us about some of the participants that you work with and what are the reasons that draw them into the program? 
The participants are between the ages of 15 and 30. Often we don't usually have anyone under the age of 18, but saying that, I have had them under the age of 18. And these are girls that are struggling with barriers to employment or education. So they not really sure where their next step is going to be. They, they're they lacking the self-confidence. They're lacking some self-esteem. They just don't know where to go. They even maybe haven't finished high school, or if they have finished high school, they have no idea where to go from there. They're not sure how to job search properly. They might not have a resume or a cover letter. They have some anxiety. Some have depression. Some have other mental health issues. They don't know how to sell themselves. So like when you're in a job interview and you have to tell somebody about yourself and you have to tell all these great things about yourself, if you don't have the confidence to find those great things about yourself, these young women don't know how to sell themselves. So they're a lot of times they'll just they'll give up or they'll be like, you know what, it's too hard. I don't want to try. I'm not good at anything. Those are kind of a lot of the things I hear when I interview girls for the program. They need to they have never really been out of the house. Maybe they're young moms that has started having kids, you know, 16, 17, 18. And they've been moms and they haven't had that opportunity to work. So that's kind of where a lot of our clients come from. That's excellent. Can you tell us about some of the training and resources that are made available to these participants uh, through the program? So a lot of the training is focused on the employment aspect. So we talk a lot about um, resume building and cover letter building and job searching and work ethics. So all those really basic things that um, are really important to the program. However, we also incorporate some really unique stuff. That that's why we I find our program is probably the most is one of the most successful programs. It's because we add in a lot of life skills. We talk about healthy relationships and how your healthy your relationship with your partner, your parents, your children are going to affect you going to work every day. Um, we talk about budgeting. Oh my goodness, I'm now making my first paycheck and it's my first money that I'm making myself. Now what do I do with it? Or I've had issues with money in the past and I've never been really good at it. So now, you know, now that I'm starting to change my life, what do, how do I even start? How do I even go from making no money to now making money? We talk about self-esteem and confidence is a huge thing. Just helping the girls build that self-confidence in themselves and that self-esteem because that holds them so many young women back right now. Like you, you can't imagine when I meet girls and they're just like, um, I, 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 there's nothing good about myself or, you know, I don't like anything about myself or I'm not good or I'm not amazing. And just slowly building that confidence and you, and you know, it, it's a short program. It's only, it's only a 22 week program, but the changes that I can see in the girls as the program progresses is so significant. And it just, it just is so great for me. It's so great for Girls Inc. It's just amazing. So, you know, we talk about stress. We talk about coping with stress because let's face it, going to work for the first time in, in your life or the first time after you've had a few kids is stressful. You know, how are you balancing your work life and your personal life? How are you balancing all that stuff? Well, we talk about mental health. We talk about anxiety, how to kind of overcome that or work towards overcoming that. Uh, we talk about communication skills because a lot of our girls, they've been at home for most of their their adult life, I guess you could say. And they've been talking just with their friends or they've only been talking with their kids. So how do they communicate with other adults or how do they become that professional part of themselves, bringing that out. And then we talk a lot about resiliency. How can these girls bounce back after something terrible has happened or something, you know, they've made a mistake or something to set them back from their goal setting? How do we, how do they build those skills so that they don't just give up in the end and they keep fighting for what they want? How about developing job skills as well as those kind of interpersonal and personal uh, forms of development? 
No, and that, that's a great question. So the program um, is three weeks sort of in class up front. So they get three weeks um, spending time with me, myself, or our Belleville coordinator, Lizzie. And this is what we talk about all this stuff. This is where we're building the resumes and stuff. And in those three weeks, we find them work placements. So the remainder of the program, they're actually out in a job working full time for minimum wage actually getting the job skills. So, you know, whether that's at a coffee shop or that's at a restaurant or that's at a retail store, you know, they're actually getting the hands-on job skills. So if they, so they, they need to be punctual, they need to be on time, they need to, you know, do their best because at the end of the program, it's, will my placement hire me for a job afterwards or won't they? And our goal is always to have them hired afterwards. So you put in what you're going to get from it. Right. So talking about those coffee shops and those those different positions, uh, what roles do partnerships and integrations play in the success of your program? I'm sure there's lots of uh, organizations and companies that you've partnered with. Oh, my goodness. The partnerships that we have with other organizations, other businesses, huge role. Like, I don't think we could have the program without some of the great partners that we have. Some of the social service agencies that come in and speak with our girls in those first three weeks um, or the classroom days that they come back in throughout the program, you know, Having experts come in and talk about healthy relationships, having experts come in and talk about budgeting, you know, there's only so much I can know. So bringing those experts in from other social agencies is huge. And then our wonderful, amazing business and company people. So like Tim Hortons here in Kingston. So um, we've worked with McDonald's and Dairy Queen. There's just so many wonderful organizations and businesses out there who want to help these young women to strive for their next stuff. And we're always looking for new people. So, you know, I've, I've, we've, we're working with some new um, employers right now to kind of see if we can get, make some of those new connections because anything that we can do to help these girls get to a job that, you know, it's not going to be the most fanciest job, but can we get them something that relatively works for them? Right. Well, that's fantastic. And, and what are the advantages for these employers in working with with Girls Inc. Limestone on this in this program? It's a pretty it's a pretty sweet thing, I think. So they get um, approximately eighty percent of their payroll cost back. So if you're and that's for up to six hundred and thirty hours. So um, if this includes like your employer cost, so like your CPPEI and taxes, a portion of that as well. So if you're thinking um, you're paying your your um, employee fourteen dollars an hour. Plus, you think of your payroll costs and your WSIB. So maybe it's actually more like $15 a staff member an hour. We're covering up to 80% of that cost. So you might only be paying $2, $2.5 instead of that full $15 an hour. So it's kind of that huge benefit. It also provides them the opportunity to train specific um, participants for their roles. So, you know, these girls might not have very much job experience. You get kind of that extra 19 to 20 weeks of training at that reduced cost. So you can see if that employee is going to be the best fit for you. So it's kind of like that really kind of neat way to say, you know what, I get to train someone how I want for a reduced cost. So that's pretty cool. Um, and I get to help someone change their life and I get to be a part of the community because, how much better can you feel when you know you're helping women in our community get to that next step in their life? So as part of a, a program, as the program director of a, of a program that's uh, helping young people to find work, how do we prepare young people um, for the future of work where these positions are going to be changing with, you know, technologies like automation? And how do, how do we get our, our uh, young people ready? So I think it's just one of the things I've I've learned, and I've been doing this for a while now, is 
understanding what's out there for employment because when I meet some of the girls and we start talking about careers and education and what they want to be, it always seems to kind of go to the same sort of stuff. So it's teaching these girls, teaching these participants, these women, that there's so much more out there because life is changing. The field of work is changing. What was, you know, popular 25 years ago isn't around now. And in five, 10 years from now, it's going to be completely different. So I love bringing in experts and stuff like that to kind of talk about what, how is the marketplace changing? What has changed in the last 50 years? You know, when it was women didn't work, women were stay at home, we raise kids, that kind of stuff. Well, that's not how it is anymore. You know, most um, families, both parents work. So kind of bringing that into um, the light and then developing your own self-confidence and self-esteem. There's, I think that's the number one thing that we need to work on as a society, as women, is building our confidence. We need to build our confidence in our girls starting at a young age because they need to believe that they can do anything. Because somewhere along the way, we've been telling them that they can do anything, but then they've lost that somewhere in in those teen years or whatever. And now they're into their adulthoods and they want to do stuff, but they've lost that confidence or that desire or that that self-esteem that pushes them. So I'm a big fan of let's build that confidence because if you don't have confidence to even leave your house, then how are you going to be able to get a job? How are you going to find a healthy relationship? How are you going to do anything Right. Go to the grocery store, you know, help yourself, help your children, help your family. Yeah. Or adapt to change. Exactly. Because cha- guess what? Change happens. Like that, that's the unfortunate thing. We, there's a lot of people who are like, I don't like change, but change happens. You know, I I grew up in a time where we Internet was dial up. I remember getting Internet for the first time. And now I can access it on my phone every day. To me, that blows my mind. And that's in 15 years. So how would you like to see the Smart Start Youth Employment Program grow uh, throughout the Girls Inc. Network? I think it's an amazing program, and I think I would love to see other agencies adopt it. The Girls Inc. National is, they're focused on bringing the young girls and stuff up to the age of 18, and they are doing amazing works. And I think that they have got that. But I feel like we might be losing a couple girls after that age of 18, because guess what? Not everybody gets it the first time, right? You know, maybe I was doing really good in school, and, you know, I, I got my high school, but then somewhere after 18, it something changed, something happened. Maybe I got pregnant. Maybe I got into a bad relationship. Maybe, you know, I lost some confidence because my home life deteriorated after high school. And now I need that extra help. So that's what I feel our program does is we're not saying that all the stuff that we do with the little kids and the young girls aren't really important because it really is important. But I think sometimes you need a little extra help even after 18, right? I remember being a young person. I didn't know what I wanted to do at 18 when I was finished high school. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And having a program like this that could help me build my confidence, build my self-esteem, teach me what a budget was um, and how to plan for my future, that would have been amazing. And I think maybe I could have got my life back on track a little bit faster if I had something like this. So to me, you know, we're working with these young women who have barriers to employment, whether that's a criminal record, whether that is mental health, whether that is unhealthy relationships, you know, whether they've never had a job, never had any work experience. There's so many women out there that have these barriers to employment and 
They just need that extra help to kind of make it to that next step. And then those young women are going to influence their kids and their daughters. And they're going to influence other women and other young girls in the community. So I think it's just such a positive thing to do. And what are the key factors to running the program successfully? Uh, amazing employers. Um, I could not, could not, could not do my job without the amazing employers that we have here in Kingston and Belleville. The community partners that we have, such as, you know, Resolve Counseling and SAC and CMHA, they just make my job so much easier. And they just bring such a great information to the girls that might not have realized, A, what Access, what community services are out there, or if they did know, they were too nervous or too scared or had too much anxiety to actually get the help that they were looking for. So this is sort of like a way to introduce them to here's this great um, organization. Here's how they can help you. We're doing it in a safe, friendly environment that you can ask your questions and there's no wrong answers. Hannah, can you provide your top three takeaways to share with our listeners? Oh, yes, of course. So my top three out of anything is one, never give up. Doesn't matter how many setbacks you have. Doesn't matter how many mistakes you've made. We've all made mistakes. I've made a lot of mistakes myself. It's don't ever give up. If you fail, try again. If you fall down, get back up. You are only going to go as far as as long as you get back up every day. Um, Never stop learning. Um, I feel like it doesn't matter if you're learning in school or you're learning on the job or you're learning from other people. You can never stop learning. If you are the kind of person who learns by being on the internet and researching stuff, then that's amazing. If you're the kind of person who needs to sit in a classroom and learn, that's amazing too. It doesn't matter how you learn. Just never stop learning. And finally, stay positive. Like to me, you'll never – that's I think what my probably my girls will take away most from the program and probably what I'm going to like hammer into them every day is positivity breeds more positivity. You need to stay positive. Surround yourself with people who are going to lift you up because the people that bring you down are not going to support you wanting to change your life for the better. Stay positive, be around positive people, and positive things are going to happen. Well, you heard it here first. Thank you so much, Hannah, for bringing your positivity you. and telling us about the Smart Start Youth Employment Program and every all the amazing things you're doing at Girls in Limestone. Thank you. That was our conversation with Hannah Kitchingman, Program Director at Girls in Limestone. Next, We checked in with OCWI Research Associate, Dr. Christopher Rastrick, on how employment service providers within his research portfolio at OCWI are working towards better serving youth. So on this month's topic of youth, and based on your research portfolio, Chris, what are some ways that employment service providers are better serving youth? Well, that's a great question. And I think it's important to begin by qualifying that there's no single best approach or single model that would work best for every service provider who interacts with youth in their operations. However, within my portfolio, I have seen several approaches or aspects or elements of their service delivery that I think are particularly interesting and could possibly offer insights for other service providers working in this space. One of the interesting approaches that I've seen in my portfolio is the emphasis on skills and particularly skills gaps that exist. We hear all the time about how there's skill shortages, there's too much of one skill, too little of another, we need more hard skills, we need more soft skills. And at the end of the day, what I've seen is that one of the challenges in discussing skills is actually appraising skill levels or skill inventory. And what I mean by this in the context of youth 
is that we know that youth oftentimes have difficulty articulating their particular skill set, what skills they're great at, what skills they're lacking. And the connection between what is listed on a resume and what skills an applicant can offer an employer is not always made and it's not always clear. One of the partners we work with is Career Edge, which is an organization based in Toronto that offers internships to graduates and other youth. And what we are working with them on is a pilot project that places social science and humanities graduates into career paths that they might not necessarily have thought were attainable or feasible with their educational background. So what we're actually doing is asking social science and humanities graduates, what skills do you think you excel at? Which skills do you think you might be lacking and can work on? And then we're asking the same question to employers. What skills are you looking for in your new hires? What skills are you willing to train or upskill uh, for new hires? And then we're looking at whether or not there is a gap that exists between what skills social science and humanities graduates think they are able to bring to the workplace and how employers actually see those skills manifesting in their day-to-day -day work. A second interesting theme I've noticed in my portfolio focusing on, on youth employment service delivery centers around the importance of wraparound supports. We know that youth looking to enter the workforce might not necessarily have the same resources at, at their disposal as a worker who has been working for decades and might be temporarily out of a job looking for work. So with that in mind, it becomes important to ensure that youth have every opportunity possible to engage with the services and opportunities that a provider is offering. An example of this might be Elevate Plus, based out in Trenton, which provides community-based wraparound supports for their participants seeking entry-level manufacturing work. So an example of this might be providing transportation services to their participants to get to and from class every day. And especially in a semi-rural setting, it can be difficult without access to a vehicle or another mode of transportation to actually get from home to class on a consistent and timely basis. So the importance of wraparound supports really can be understated when interacting with youth in an employment service capacity. A third takeaway that might be of interest to our listeners is the value that an experiential dimension might be able to bring to service delivery focusing on youth. Of course, we might understand that those in the 15 to 24 range might not have an incredible wealth of experience in the workforce, in post-secondary education. So programs that are able to provide participants with a hands-on or otherwise interactive on-the-ground aspect of their service delivery might find that youth are particularly engaged and might be able to gain significant value from having that on-the-ground perspective. So one program that utilizes this approach is Youth Futures, which emerged about 10 years ago out of a collaboration between the University of Ottawa and several local community partners in, in Ottawa. And in this program, 
underserved and underrepresented youth are provided numerous opportunities to develop their leadership skills, to gain exposure to various career paths and various educational opportunities. And a big part of this program is having that interactive experiential component. It would include work placements with local partners such as the city of Ottawa, as well as on-campus experiences at local post-secondary institutions at both the university and college level, as well as the development of a mentorship relationship with a local university student. So this kind of experiential component from what we've seen is able to provide considerable benefit to participants in exploring the multitude of career and educational options that are available to them. We know that youth in Ontario do not always have the easiest time entering the workforce. I mean, for those 15 to 24, for example, the unemployment rate is over 11%, while for those 25 to 54, the unemployment rate is about 4.5%. So that's quite a glaring difference. So at the end of the day, the best approach is the one that allows youth to meaningfully and gainfully engage with the labor market. And that's what we at OCWI are particularly interested in looking at. If you'd like to find more information on other research projects we're undertaking, feel free to visit our website at ocwi-coie.ca. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Innovating Employment. If you like the show, let us know on Twitter and Facebook. Links are in the description below. You can also subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Stay tuned for our next episode on September 25th. We'll be joined by Leonie Chatat to discuss improving employment outcomes for Francophone newcomer communities. Thanks for listening.